0: the off day podcast. Give me a <laughs> With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. See this microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal Hannibal <Hannibal's laughs> oh, Mr. Dot Fight on WEEI.com.
1: Our official Patriots Training Camp 2021 preview podcast. I haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks, but we're back. And we're back in full force. Training camp starts this week. So we'll be coming at you with multiple podcasts this week, probably, with some stuff to talk about, lots to talk about. Uh, let's, let's start.
0: Where, where do you want to start with training camp starting this week? Okay, since I've been uh, in and out of the loop the last couple of weeks, I want a, an official – so we know that July 28th, practice starts, quote-unquote. Yep. When will I see full pads? It's a good question. I've seen different things. Because um, isn't it
1: – last year was what, like five days? Um, I don't know because I wasn't at camp last year. I think last year because it was obviously different. I think it was five days. And years prior, wasn't it just two? Wasn't it, it they, they they got the
0: pads yeah. on that for the weekend? Generally in the past, a, a, a rule of thumb was first practice was the Thursday. Yep. First padded practice would technically be the Saturday, yep. but generally the Sunday would be like, like the whole line and hitting. and Yes. So, the way we look at it this year, Wednesday is the first quote unquote practice mm-hmm. and they are scheduled through Saturday yep. from what we've seen publicly. I think the general perception is Sunday could be an off day. Yep. I have the feeling we might not see pads until early the following week.
1: I'm with you. Cause I thought I read some other, I think it was another teams like other teams have actually structured. their like sent out their day by day schedule. And I yep. thought one of those said like the fifth day is when you can have pads.
0: That's what I think it is too. So it's, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, off day, and then Monday could be had. So I just want to temper my expectations and also those of some fans that I think should very well should be excited. You know, you yes. if you get to go down, if you have the day off from work on Wednesday, hell yeah, go see it, have fun. I just want to make sure you're not expecting to see like. Yeah, big- I, I put
1: that in my Sunday thing as sort of a last note. Like everyone wants to get down there, but like the best days to probably go are probably like, the middle to end of next week, and even maybe after
0: the first preseason game almost. Right. Yeah. But um, I will say, I posted a story this morning, just sort of um, previewing training camp, things that are to watch for. Um, I think a lot of them can be seen before the pads come on. Like, yeah. I think fans wouldn't, like we got a sample of it in OTAs and minicamp, but I think fans will enjoy even what they see early in camp, especially a first taste of Hunter Henry and John o. Smith and Matt Judon. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a guy, he's a pass rusher that they signed. Oh, they with.
1: signed him? Oh,
0: writing that down right now. Little inside that. joke, little inside joke from the Off Day Pod uh, Twitter account and questions. Um, but in, in all seriousness, I think there's, a, you know, even for fans, Mac Jones, remember? Do you remember the first day when there were all these oh, I physical there was the size the size thing. Right. Yeah. So now fans are going to get that opportunity, huh? Mac Jones looks little, or ooh, did Cam put on weight? Is Cam bigger? Is so? Yeah. I think there'll be some. Uh, Nikhil Harry, ooh, yeah. did he slim down? Is he quicker? Like you can get some of those in shorts and t-shirts on Wednesday and Thursday and whatever it may be. Can also get vaccinated and get a twenty-five dollar credit for the uh concession. I, I did see that my one issue
1: gripe with that is certainly most people already be vaccinated. So like, shouldn't you like, what about the people that already got
0: vaccinated? Well, you get nothing. Sorry. Well, shouldn't you? You sign up for Vax Millions and hope you win a million dollars in the state of Massachusetts. I, I did that. Hopefully I,
1: I win today, but I, I it's nice that the Patriots are doing that. I think that's great. But I just think that the vast majority of people that are already going to training camp are going to be vaccinated. So why not reward them? Give them a, if they bring their card, they can get it. I 25 to the constituency
0: stand, too. It's just trying to bump the numbers up. I, no, I agree. I agree. You know, the they're, big they're, chunks they're have been a vaccinated. Good right. So now if you can get a few more percentage points in the state of Massachusetts, a few more yes. thousand people say, wait a minute, I can get, you know, a soda, an ice cream and a sausage if I get vaccinated at Pat's camp. Like, probably get a sticker. Who knows? You get something that'll show that you did it right. there. I appreciate the effort from that. I do too. I don't want to make it clear that I'm not. I just pre- I just thought that like most people have already been vaccinated. So what about them? Yeah. Um, so for you, yeah. if we're talking about previewing camp and excited to see, and don't worry, we got a lot of topics. I got a lot of lists here to uh to get through, Tom Brady, the quarterbacks, various. What would you say after you've had a month off from mini camp to training camp? Like what is what are you interested in seeing this week? Like, I mean, I have... it's the quarterbacks. It's obvious to me. Well, geez, you don't have to be so dismissive of my question. Well, well Sorry, that, Bill, you didn't like my question. Isn't
1: that, isn't that the number one thing with the team right now? Because it could go either way. Like, there's, there's a camp that's formed for Cam, and there's a camp that's formed for Mac. And I think that once the pads come on and there's actual live action, we'll know more of how this is going
0: to go, and we'll see it for the first time. I agree with that but to me, that won't come till next week. The answer for me is, you know, the guy I'm semi infatuated with is Jonu Smith. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: the fact that we didn't really see him much this spring, he is the guy physically shorts, no shorts, pads, whatever. He's the guy I want to see if I'm putting too many uh, eggs in his basket of hopes for the passing game in the offense. So First day, Wednesday. Thir- First of all, I want to see him be out there, healthy, consistent, you know, string days together, as Bill would say, and then see how he starts to fit. And then even for him, tie it into what you said. Obviously, the quarterbacks are going to be a huge story. But, you know, does he look better with Cam? Does he look better with Mac? Oh, is Mac starting to create a thing with Hunter Henry or with because I think that's another I brought this up maybe with you but maybe on one of our shows when I was filling in for years, we talked about Tom Brady and his weapons and new guys, young guys, old, new guy, whatever. And would he blackball them? They're not in the right place. You know, how many chances do you get before he turns on you? I think this year it's the exact opposite with the quarterbacks and cam. We have to watch. Do receivers get frustrated with one or the other or both? Like, does Hunt? Does Jonu Smith say I'm running a slant and Cam freaking throws it behind me? Every like is there frustration? Is there? Did any of the targets blackball the quarterbacks so to speak? And and, and is, like, that is like
1: there a, a clear consensus among the pass catchers that they prefer a certain guy and that could lead to who ultimately starts Week One? Right. And do they even like
0: voice it? Like does does he go back to Nick Cayley and be like? I'm a freaking run after the catch tight end. I can't run after the catch if the catch is behind me. And like, does that work its way up to McDaniels? And that works its way up to Bill. And it's like, listen, Bill, the tight ends want Matt because he's more accurate or the tight ends want Cam. I'm not trying to to, to sway the narrative. I'm just saying, I think given that there is a legitimate quarterback competition, how the receivers treat those competitors in that competition is something going to be tough to judge, but we've done it over the years with, Tom Brady's body language and oh, how I was, was just
1: I was just gonna bring up the example with Harry and Brady I think it was two years ago the McDaniels correct. thing we throw yep. his arms up in the air are we gonna see Hunter Henry throwing his arms up in the air yep. when if Cam Newton or Mac
0: Jones throws a ball you know five feet behind yep. him for the third straight time so I think that's a subtle thing that media members or fans alike can keep an eye on you know sort of how those alliances or rapports begin to develop and also just sort of on that same line like Newton's attitude
1: how that looks we saw moments in OTAs where Mac Jones was looking good and he wasn't and Cam wasn't himself like from all the interviews Cam's given since he doesn't want to be seen as that guy he doesn't think he is that guy but the result like it happens so we could see Cam maybe being frustrated and seeing how that all plays out
0: because there's also a chance at the end of training camp he's on the roster right and he can I mean we all have inherent like emotional reactions to things and we can say I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. But then when you get in the situation, a lot of times your natural instincts or emotions take over. And so he can say the right things, but what's he going to do if he, he screws up in a couple reps and they pull him and somebody, you know, Mac goes in, he succeed. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you, he wears his emotion on his sleeve. Obviously yeah, there's nothing it. wrong with that. I, I don't want to no. say that's a bad thing either. It, and it's, it's who he is like, mm-hmm. and it's worked for him. And he's been really successful at a lot of levels and for a long time. And, but I think it's hard for him to change. It's like, it's sort of like his throwing mechanics. Oh, he's going to change all his mechanics at the age of 32 or like, right. no, he is who he is. And is it good enough? Um, we're going to find out, but I did want to get into that is going to be the biggest story. Cause it, it kind of hit me that like, they legitimately haven't had a quarterback competition nope. since the early nineties. Like right. it, so it, was, it was, it was Drew showed up. It was yeah, Drew's it was team. Tom took over. It was Tom's team. And last year in a way, Cam showed up and it was Cam's team. Yeah. We didn't get it. That was sort of my lead to the Sunday thing. Like this is the most like, interesting summer that the Patriots have had in forever. Right. Um, so a couple tie-ins. First of all, did you make anything of Stidham, Jarrett Stidham uh, going on PUP to open camp? Um, I thought it was, that stood out to me. Cause I didn't notice anything during the spring
1: that he was hampered by. And then I mean, it could all be nothing. Like he could be activated off of it tomorrow and out there on Wednesday. But if he does miss significant time, that's not good for himself. Because like, he's still competing for the job. Like Nobody's really talking about it, but he's still competing for the starting job you would imagine. But then I think from a personal and Patriots perspective, the ideal snare is he shows well in the practice field and in preseason games when they trade him. And if he's not on the field, you can't
0: do that certainly i would also say for me in my and we'll get into another aspect of this but you know my first roster projection where i said cam does cam loses the job cam's not on the roster we saw how he reacted when he lost reps in practice he can't be a backup in that scenario i think you want jared stidham to compete for the backup job and develop and show something whether you're trading him now or trading him a year from now or middle of neck whatever um so that could kind of muddy the water. And then it's like, well, okay, I guess Brian Hoyer could be the backup to Mac Jones, but we know you don't really want to play Brian Hoyer if you have to. And so Stidham just Stidham competing, I think is actually sneaky, important, sneaky, relevant. And I don't really understand, like, I don't know if you read Mike Reese's Sunday notes and his explanation for it was, curious to me why well, that it could be like a what do you say like lingering injury he basically said he didn't miss any time in the spring which therefore would indicate that this is a lingering long-term thing and I'm like those don't seem to make sense in my mind
1: no especially for a guy that didn't play last year and was like able to play
0: when he'd given them limited opportunities like right yeah like if if, if he missed one of the OTAs we were at, and then was out there for minicamp, then you could say, huh, I wonder if it goes back to that one day he missed it. Maybe he's got a little something linked. Like, remember when Mac Jones had the uh, sleeve on his calf? Like, even something like that, if it were Mac Jones, I'd say, huh, I wonder if this goes back to that sleeve on his calf that one day. But if you say he didn't miss anything... I don't really know how that indicates it's something he's been. To be fair, it could have like we weren't at all the days, so maybe he had a groin injury on one of the two
1: days we weren't there and we never saw it. But I, I thought that is sort of interesting that
0: we don't really know what this could be. Like from my perspective, logically, if I think back and say, "Huh, he didn't miss any time in the spring." Wonder if he tweaked something in training or in the month since we've been away not necessarily that he's been dealing with something, but either way, it's not ideal. Nope. Um, let's get to the the meat of the matter. So we've had since last we spoke, because everybody's got an opinion on Mac and cam and cam and Mac, and you got crap sheets saying, we're not going to see Mac all year unless there's an injury. I continue to put that video in every post I put on wei.com. That's true. But I also want to make sure when he's dead wrong, that people remember how wrong he was. Um, But Rob Ninkovich, old friend Rob Ninkovich, Patriots uh, defensive end, now an ESPN analyst, he has proposed on multiple occasions for the worldwide leader that they're going to have both quarterbacks, packages, Cam's going to have his opportunities, red zone, power runner, whatever. And he posed it, which I think is fine. Other people have talked about that. Then more recently, he guaranteed that both will play and both will have packages, do you think this is a slip of the tongue? Does he know something? Is this likely? What are your thoughts on the packages, dual quarterbacks? Uh, slip of the tongue,
1: like too strong for what it actually is. Like I think he was trying to maybe make make himself stand out more with like a stronger take than what actually is the case because I can't ever – I can't imagine he can guarantee that happening because I don't, I don't even think it's – I don't think it's unlikely to happen.
0: Well, whether it's likely or not, I don't think Bill or Josh could guarantee it to happen right now. Never mind. Say that's the case too. Right. Cause like we talked about camera, not even on the roster. Right. And if he doesn't handle it well, like cam, I just, I can't imagine that at this point cam has already accepted it. Like they went to him and said, here's what we want to do. He's going to start. You're going to have packages, short yardage, red zone, rushing touchdowns. And cam's like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, I'm good with that. That's fine. Like, thanks, thanks, guys. I like that idea. Yeah. Right. So I can't, I can't envision that guarantee was the right word. I think you're right. He probably wanted to sort of, kind of strengthen his position, and you know, maybe he's got producers saying like, hey, yeah, it's a good idea. You got to go strong with it. Go, go. Or like, Rob, can you be like more strong with your takes? Right. Um, I don't, I don't know that I like it. It never works. Well, that's what I, I – and, and also, it it would be borderline unprecedented because everybody goes, oh, Taysom Hill. It's a 100% different. The Hall of Fame quarterback comes out for a couple plays so the jack-of-all-trades, fullback, college guy, gimmick guy can come in. This is a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback at one point, an MVP, a Super Bowl quarterback, a number one overall pick, who's now a gimmicky package backup, like – that doesn't have – I even – I joked. I went through, like, NFL MVPs trying to figure out who, like, did this and, like, where it oh, worked, and it just – I went back to, like, Ordway. I was like, hey, did Fran Tarkenton ever back anybody up as a running quarterback or, like – and he couldn't think of anything. Well, you were just thinking about, like, around the league, name one situation
1: where a team has used two quarterbacks and it's worked. Yeah, it – Like, the I taste don't. of the nail Drew Brees is probably the closest you can come, and other right. than that, it's not
0: – you just can't find it and everybody points to because florida used to do it like steve spurrier liked to do it at florida and it was what chris leek and tim tebow early on but even before that there was like werfel and somebody and he would even have like quarterbacks run plays on and run off and Mm. but it's very a that's college football which is different and then i think you're like with the importance of the position and the leadership and like the the confidence like heck look at major league teams in the way they construct their bullpens how important it is to have like roles and defined roles and you're the eighth he's the ninth this is quarterback of an nfl team and it's like get out there cam it's short yardage it's your turn or like i just that seems that's more like a pop warner high school thing to me yeah or i would argue if it were the opposite and Mac Jones, the first round pick were the runner and the gimmicky guy, and you wanted to work him in and he's not ready for the whole offense yet. A thousand percent. But I just think the way their skills are, it's like, you can sell me on cam's going to start because Bill's loyal to him. And he, he doesn't think, but I, I don't know that you can really well, sell I me. Mean, you on... can't the thing. I, I can see cam Newton starting,
1: but it's not because of the loyalty thing. It'd be because Mac's not ready. Like if Mac's ready, It's got to be him, right? Yes. Like, if Mac Jones shows that he's ready, Bill can't sit there and say, Mac, you know, he could start right now, but I owe something to Cam. Like, he was great last year. He really stuck it out. Like, I owe him. Like, that can't be Bill's
0: attitude, and I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be either. I mean, you know me. I'm growing more and more confident, and I don't know why, that Mac Jones is going to start on opening day. Like, I just – I don't know how you can put Cam – I went for the little blog post I did today on the quarterback thing. Um, Did you know that was the fewest touchdown passes since 1990? I think it's one with Hugh Millen and company throwing 11. No, but it makes sense. I mean, I I know it makes sense, but you're talking about 30 years of bad. And, like, that's through injuries and changes. Like, there's been different things. And it just – you can't go through that again. And you're built – To be better, you are built with your tight ends and your offensive line and your running backs and your defense. You are built to be better. You can't allow the quarterback to handicap you the way I feel like he still will. Yes, I agree. um well,
1: well, that along those same lines, Lewis Reddick, who's a friend of Belichick, like he's—I don't want to say he's Mike Lombardi status, but he kind of has some
0: alliances to build. Yeah, and Josh also a friend of josh there were a lot of reports that i trust and believe that lewis riddick was going to be josh mcdaniel's gm if they went together to san francisco so your offensive coordinator he has ties to he played to the head coach and who does he think is going to be good for the patriots mac jones he was sort of kind of not
1: all in on mac jones being ready for week one but said like things are pointing towards Mac Jones being ready for week one. He would like him to start that Brady game that everybody thinks should be Cam Newton and not put Mac Jones in that situation. So yes. he, he kind of went against the grain with the whole
0: FOBs of the world and prefers Mac Jones over Cam Newton. I, um, I don't always see eye to eye with Lewis Riddick. In fact, I, I kind of bristle at some of his reports and his opinions but we are in lock freaking step. Get him out there in week one. So he's ready for week four and correct me if I'm wrong. We're trying to beat Tom Brady. We're trying to beat him. If Mac Jones well, is the best quarterback young or not, you're trying to beat him. Well, did you know Cam Newton's two and O against Cam, uh, Tom Brady? <sighs> Does he still have Luke Keekley to hug Gronk? <laughs> I don't I think
1: he- so. No.
0: Yeah. So we can, we can take that and shove it up. Katukas's. Mac Jones should start week one. Mac Jones should start against Brady. I am going to say the opposite of Ian Crapsheet Crappaport. Mac Jones should start every game barring injury. I think that's fair. There's no reason not to. Well, I'm also just
1: thinking about on the fly here. Like, we kind of talk about the natural landing spots for Mac Jones to start games. Like, when the schedule came out, we were kind of looking at where's the right spot. Maybe just start the year. You got Miami. You got Miami. You have New York in week two. You have the Saints in week three. They're going to be without Michael Thomas. They're going to be without... I'm blank on the defensive lineman that has, uh, the suspension, like, Oh yeah. 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 Um, it kind of sets up themselves for a nice little ease into your NFL career.
0: The weeks one through three. Correct. 100%. The one thing I will say is the little, um, advantage or whatever you would say about Brian Flores, his knowledge of the Patriots, his, the defense, like he could, but, it's not a murderer's row. You could, and three weeks is a long time for him to get his feet wet before, which it's going to be a tough game no matter who the quarterback is. The, they're the defending champions with a good offense and a good I defense. I also think we're putting, I mean, everybody's putting way too much stock in that game. Like yes.
1: people like say like the Patriots season like hinges on that game. No, it doesn't.
0: No, I think it's, that's, I would actually argue Theatrics aside, like theater aside, it's one of the least relevant games. Thousand the- percent. Like when would you ever say that a game against uh,
1: a team not in your own conference is like, like a, a game that actually like matters? Like, sure, you, you look at those games like, oh, it's great to see how we stack up against one of the other conference's best teams. Like, that's great. But in the reality, when it comes to
0: playoff standings, it's one of your least important games that will actually matter. Plus, you're right, It's they're almost in a no-lose situation because I don't think anybody thinks they're going to compete with the Bucs. And if you do, hmm, maybe the Patriots are a little better than I thought they were, but, right? right? Like, the Bucs are the defending champs with more continuity. They've kept everybody on the roster. Like, they have every reason to be good. They're good on defense. They're good on offense. You're not really supposed to measure up with them right now. You're a non-playoff team that went through a lot of changes in the offseason mm-hmm. who might have a rookie quarterback under center. Like. Right. I think I think that's only positives for the Patriots. Only mm-hmm. positives. Photos, well, like I don't want people to say like this
1: game doesn't matter. Like if the Patriots were still the Patriots of before and competing for AFC Title Games and Brady left and they still got to the AFC Title Game last year, then you could say like this is a big game to see where you stack up against the other NFL's right. best. But right mm-hmm. now you're at two different levels. The Bucks
0: are at the top and
1: the Patriots are somewhere in the middle.
0: Right. If it were a potential Super Bowl preview, it would yeah. be great. Right. But it is Cause right. no one thinks the Patriots are going to the super bowl. I mean, use Vegas. What are all the Vegas numbers? Like nine and a half wins or somewhere in there is no, the, the run. I don't think they're double digits. Right. So nobody thinks you're an elite team. Everybody thinks the bucks are going to be an elite team with Tom Brady. So yeah, much, much ado about that game. And it's fun. Like I'm not dismissing it. It's a fun hmm. narrative. It's a fun hype, but it doesn't real that the, the season certainly doesn't hinge on it. Whoever thinks that is uh out of their minds. Okay, so we're we're touching on Brady. Why don't we stick with Brady? You
1: you got, you got a good rant the other day. Go go keep keep continuing that rant on him.
0: Well, I mean, I do believe he's the greatest fraud in the history of professional sports. Um, he what he believes in, I don't really know. Other than winning, I know he believes in winning, and he'd do anything to win. That's where he's genuine, and I and I love that about him. That's mm-hmm. the part about him I love the guy who calls everybody on the football field and effing, effing, effing F every play. And if you mess up, like he, he has one goal. I joked on the radio the other day. I think he goes into a different like world on the field, like to the point where I think sometimes he almost blacks out. Like you could tell him, uh, Tom, you actually stabbed a guy in the middle of the third quarter after the game. He'd be honestly like, I did. When did that happen? Who was it? How did, how'd I get a knife? Like he wouldn't know what hit him. That's why I think the, the fourth thing at the time, like he, he's in a different world. Mm-hmm. So I like that about him. Everything else is what I dislike. And I think he's been so fraudulent late and the barbs having to call the, the best ring ever, the greatest ring ever when he got the ring, even to the point where narrating the whole video for the team, there were some whispers in the New England organization that, he was not willing to do those types of things for uh, the Patriots. Uh, my first thought: How
1: come I haven't seen this before with the Patriots?
0: Yeah, and not just like the last year or two, but for a while he wasn't oh, he was he was, really overly willing to be that how many, guy. How many
1: team-produced things did you see Brady in? None. Uh,
0: not not no, for I a long, say, long I time. Say None, but it's not—it's not a big list, right? Um, so he just—he annoys me, and I also there's a little bit I will fully admit. It's not just that he annoys me, but his proponents and the people that gush over what he does also annoys me. Like I was mocking, you know, he's running down. Hey, and we got Mike over here and Chris and Cam. Great. So he knows his teammates. He should know his teammates. Everybody on earth knows their teammate. Well, like he did the same thing in New England. Right. He just, and it was, I, just,
1: I, I wrote about this today for the website, just sort of a throwaway blog post, but like, all the things he said in that speech, and that the ring ceremony—he said the same thing in New England. He gives the same speech for every Super Bowl. You're playing for your families, like this and that. Like it's nothing new, huh?
0: And he also, like this cold war with Bill, and how bad everything was in New England. And he finally has an offensive coach, and he likes. Well, I believe like the first sentence of his speech said something about doing your job because you guys all did your. Oh, where'd you get that idea? And do your job. I I, I feel like there's a coach who may have beaten that into your head for 20 years. Right. I just, and it's fine. I understand right now there is tension. There's like the breakup, like he, and that'll soften as time goes on and I'm sure him and Bill will come back together. I've used the comparison with, with Parcells. Like that was such a rivalry heated breakup relationship. I don't think it's that at that point. Do you, Do I think it's at the Parcellian level? No. Right, right. But I don't know because the sides are different. Bill was the one, Bill Belichick was the one that thought Parcells was trying to keep him under his thumb and control him and take advantage of him. Now Bill is the controller and Brady is the one that thinks Belichick was trying to keep him under his thumb and control him and manipulate him. So from a Brady perspective, he may be as angry as Belichick was when he stopped being the hc of the nyj so week, week four before the game do they like hug it out midfield during warm-ups no hmm? no like, they will hug post-game no question I, post-game. no i i do question that because no, no. if if the bucks win 45 to 6 bill ain't hugging nobody um I, yep. your dog agrees with me
1: she I don't. know. I think he would. I think he would. Like he, he would give like a half ass go over, shake his hand. Like maybe it won't be like a, a big hug and embrace, but he like would face, acknowledge- facing the other way while he's doing it. Yeah, like he would. He would acknowledge him in some shape or form. It may not be a big bear hug or whatever, but I think he w- he wouldn't go through that entire night
0: without seeing. Him. So do you do you think there is a pregame hug, embrace, encounter, yes. discussion? Yes. Not maybe not like a five-minute conversation, but I think like a hug a small embrace okay taking that a step further building off of byron cowart the patriot spokesman's comments that there will be no ceremony and they're not welcoming tom back to gillette it's you know they're going to beat him do you think there will be a patriots something video ceremony fans would riot if there weren't be that'd be the that'd be a bigger story than the game i agree and i think the crafts care about that yeah Um, yeah, a thousand percent i bet the crafts are going to mandate it I also don't really know why you wouldn't. Everybody's no. like, oh, you know, Bill changing the changing the way you're treating the game. He's never done that. He's never hosted the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Like, and why are football players incapable of then competing against Tom Brady after a video plays? But hockey and basketball, it happens all the time. Right, right. They they do it for every player. I that would we're be team. surprised if they go all
1: out. Like Brady gets emotional. You can look at the flip side. You could actually use this in your favor he's all
0: distracted by the pregame video that he like isn't focused on the game i think it will be short but poignant like the idea i've posed is they play play jay-z allow me to introduce myself put a video up some highlights he you know maybe the first create some distance so maybe you end it with like the first title when his hands are in the air and he's like the young shocked boy but I think it'll be relatively short, but I think it'll get the job done. Everybody can be happy, respectful. Nobody feels dissed. I'm, I'm sorry, Byron Coward. I, I don't know how you – first of all, I'm not sure Byron Coward's going to be on the team. I was just going to say, Byron Coward might not even be around to witness this. Did you know he started 14 games last year? No, but that speaks to how bad defense was, how bad the front seven was it does but it was eye opening to me when i was doing my little positional preview defensive line and i looked him up and i was like is this a typo that he started 14 <laughs> yeah yeah they couldn't oh, get to how the many court, tackles did he have, like 14 yeah it wasn't what wasn't good it wasn't a positive impactful i mean he was a half a step ahead of carl davis was he the one that he was available uh, that's why we brought him in
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yes, like yes. um okay so we agree that tom brady will be honored so the next big bullet point heading into camp We've touched on the quarterbacks. we got Brady. We'll get to vaccines, I guess, in a minute in COVID. Stefan Gilmore. He is He's present. Supported. There was no weather delays, apparently. So he yeah, was able yeah, to the make The weather it, was no, no storms. Made it to training camp. He's on PUP, which is to be expected. Coming off the injury, I think that was predictable. Some seem to be painting this as like, oh, it's over. Like, nothing to see here. Move along. He, he showed up. I don't really agree with that. That's a thousand percent not the
1: case because he could say, like, just because he's a reporter doesn't mean he can't. I mean, he's not on the field yet. He's not participating yet. He could say he could be on the, the lower field up till like week, like as the regular season gets closer. It's like, I, I have no deal. I'm not going on the field yet. Like, this it's a, certainly a step in the right direction, but it definitely doesn't say like he's getting a new contract.
0: And now, I, to me, him showing up was not the biggest deal. That's happened in the last couple of weeks in this negotiation, hold out, hold in, whatever you want to call it. The biggest deal came from our friend, Michael Giardi, NFL Network, when he reported that he was told by those in the Gilmore camp that Gilmore is open to taking a one year bump in pay.
1: Okay. Yes, now I, now but I, think I would nothing. say to
0: that, like, then why hasn't it happened yet? I don't know the answer to that, but if he really is willing to take, we've thrown the numbers around 5 million, 7 million, get him up to 14 million, somewhere in there. If he's really willing to take that, remember that old, what was that, Guinness commercial? The biggest no-brainer in the history of no-brainers or genius or whatever. Like, if I don't have to give him an extension or some ridiculous guaranteed money, he's willing to just take a bump in pay? Okay, I'm fine. Let's go. Right, Let's play ball. That's what I mean. Like, if, if that's truly the case, then this should
1: get worked out, like, whenever they decide to get it worked out. Like, what's where's right. the back and forth?
0: I don't think there needs to be. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of, like, is it know, incentives or is it just straight money? Right. Yeah. Five millions guaranteed, five millions in salary, seven millions in incentive. I mean, two millions in incentive, whatever it is. Maybe there's a little bit of working it out there. But when Giardi reported that, that is a way bigger deal to me than him showing up or not showing up. Because I thought the question all along has been how far is he willing to dig in and push mm-hmm. it? and You know, because the Darius Slay, he wants a three-year, $50 million con. I think it's actually bad business for him. I think he's crazy to, to say, "Oh, I'll, I'll hit free agency next offseason. I'm going to be a 32 year old cornerback." I think he's giving up all his leverage. But from a Patriots perspective, if you're Bill Belichick, music to your ears coming back from Nantucket and your little vacation to, oh, Gilmore's willing to just take a bump and pay. Let's go play ball. Rising and call him on the phone and say, "Let's just get this done right now." Right? How much? Right.
1: Now that you're on this, I don't want, I don't want you to change your attitude. Let's just get this exactly. done exactly. Um. So yeah, I think that. When do, is- when do you think we'll see him? on the, the practice field,
0: the real one, not the lower one? I don't know, because I don't know what to make of the PUP. If it's a convenient issue to sort of – he doesn't have to be on the field. He doesn't risk any more injury. We haven't gotten the contract done, but I'm not getting fined. I'm not holding out. Or is it is it actual, like, he's still working back from that injury, that surgery, and, you know, he's but not – I wouldn't be concerned if he's still on PUP
1: after the first, like, two weeks. But then once you get – like into the second and third preseason games, then I think you kind of say, well, what's going on here? Are you still hurt? Is it a contract thing? Like that's when you start to really make it an issue.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I it's not ideal, but he's so good. Theoretically, you'd be theoretically. okay with it lingering into like Labor Day weekend. Um, because he's such a proven veteran. Yeah. Well, like then what I, if you don't know if it's an injury or the contract? Well, I was hoping by that point, we'd have word that he, redid his contract
1: okay Th- then it's yeah. a different conversation but i'm saying if nothing has changed and it's labor day then then you're a concern because you don't even know if you're gonna have him.
0: yeah then yeah if no word has broken on the contract then yes i'm concerned i don't really have a health concern you're right it's more of a contract concern okay because i okay. think a veteran of his experience he knows how to get himself ready he'll be ready to go i just and
1: still like- think the way that he brought up the injury to and anderson still makes me think that like it's not fully there yet and i know giardi said he's been you know full speed and all that but if he's still bringing that up and maybe it was just leverage on his part like i, I don't know i'm still not i'm still not completely sold that he's 100 health
0: oh i'm not either but still lombardi uh not lombardi giardi different uh two different i last name um his report that and i trust mike that his sources are good that these are not like you know the pool boy or something overheard stefan gilmore like this is legitimate sources that if he's willing to take the bump that really took sucked a lot of the potential life out of this holdout for me because that's like you said earlier that's kind of a bad business plan gilmore's part but well that's it's a little weird for him to say the jocena anderson comments about you know if i have to be ready i guess i could be ready but i might not be ready like the vagaries, which reminded me of an old, you know, Terry Glenn injury back in the day for him to do that for quote unquote leverage, but then simply to say, Oh yeah, I'll take a one year bump. I'm not looking for a three year, $50 million deal like here, but like you undercut yourself. Right. So I'm, I'm going with the Giardi report and the Giardi report to me is good news for Patriots fans everywhere. Cause as I've told you, I think the season could hinge upon Stefan Gilmore being on the field and being good one player who might not be on the field come the season,
1: Nikhil Harry, what would be, what will you be looking for from him this week? And as the weeks go on and maybe in like the end of the summer,
0: is it uh lazy and disrespectful for me to say, don't know, don't care. No,
1: because I think that's where he,
0: where he, that's position. He stands in the roster. Well, do you think there's any chance he comes in, has a great camp and is suddenly like a top two receiver and like, Part of the team? Uh, top two, no, but I could
1: see him being one of those back-end guys, number four, number five, because I think there is a role for him there. Yeah, but he doesn't think he's that. He's already well, bitching I know, about maybe, fact
0: usage and
1: fact usage. It would need like an attitude change on his part, but I think that there is a role from him on the team, yes. So you think it's salvageable?
0: Maybe not for the long term, but for this year, yes. Yeah, I never rule it out because I do think sometimes Bill pulls those things off when I think they can't be pulled off. And this would be a case where I don't think it can be pulled off. When you have the agent sort of pointing the finger at the team. Well, here's where I think it would come in. Bill would –
1: the agent would be back with his place. Harry is now in New England, like, reporting for camp. And Bill kind of calls him in this office and says, hey, look, like, your agent's – like, don't listen to him. Like, use this year to sort of give him, like, a pep talk saying, like, yes, you haven't worked out, but, like, let's start with this and build on this to get you to where you think you can be and not listen to your agent who thinks you're still a number one receiver in the NFL.
0: Right. And because there's been enough times over the years where Bill has, you know, there's the famous story with Tebow where he convinced him not to take a marketing deal for like a million bucks because mm-hmm. it wasn't in the best interest of his career in the Patriots or whatever. He's convinced guys not to go to the pro bowl, even though they actually wanted to go to the pro bowl and play in the pro bowl. Mm-hmm. Like he's done enough of those things with guys that were in weird competitive situations that I never rule out what you said. Forget your agent. It's you and I sitting in a room, and he convinces Nikhil Harry, like, this is what you should do. This is what will work out best for you. You know, you play well. It benefits us, but it benefits you. I can trade you then, whatever. So I don't totally rule it out, but I
1: think it's a long shot. He could also just say, F this guy. Like, what has he done? And he's
0: running his mouth. Like, I don't care. Like, it could yeah. go that end too. But In my limiting, limited dealings with Nikhil Harry, I could see them sitting down and reaching, I don't know, Nikhil Harry doesn't seem like an a-hole to me. No, he doesn't. So I could see the business and the agent and the marketing being one thing. And then Nikhil being like, Bill, I just want to play football and be good. I just, it's so frustrating. I used to be good and I want to be good again. And Bill like hooking him with that and saying, yeah, I want you to be good too, and I know how to make you good. You just need to listen to me. Listen yeah. less to your circle. Yeah, not your dumbass me. agent that you to be right. fired. You know, the more we talk about this, the more the, the salvageability factor has gone up in my mind just a little. Yeah, I think that but I think that's a legitimate thing. Like his
1: his agent, his inner circle is putting bad putting bad information and thoughts into his head. Where I think when it's just Bill and Josh and him, they can maybe get to him.
0: Cause like right. you said, I think he's not really an asshole. Like, I don't think. His whoa! Agent. Whoa! 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 What? Swearing! Nobody called him an A and an A an hole.
1: Okay, jeez. I think that he's he's not he's not a bad person. I think that like they can maybe work with that and sort of get him back in on their program and less on his
0: agents' inner circle program. So, percentage of chance. I love doing these. I don't know why we do these so much, but percentage of chance. Nikhil Harry starts the season on the Patriots roster. Sixty-five percent percentage chance that he ends the season on the Patriots roster 65 percent. interesting
1: yeah like I think he if he's on the roster to start the season I think he sticks the entire year okay interesting yours is higher than mine but. but I also want to see how he react like he could I want him to show up on Wednesday with like energy and ready to go not like Moping around, being the last guy in the drill, like shoulders shrugged, like not sort of not being there. If, if if I see that, then my things change. But I'm no, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, okay. Uh covet stuff coaches. Do you want to Cole Povovich will not be around? Um, I we should have known this was coming because Jerry and I were talking on the side. He wore masks during the spring, right. and like the coaches that wore masks supposedly weren't vaccinated. So right. We probably should have at least known this was a possibility. I don't think it has like a major impact on the staff. I think Carmen Brasillo's done a good job. like He's respected in the building.
0: Didn't people like view Brasillo higher than Popovich anyway? Um, I did, but Carmen Brasillo has been very deferential to Popovich in some of his media dealings over the years. Maybe that's and just Popovich being around longer with the team than he was. Maybe, maybe. Like I know people in the building had really positive reviews on Brasillo and what he could be and what he brings to the team. But I do recall multiple times where Brasillo's like, you know, Cole does a great job leading the room and Cole does this, but you're right. He might've just been, well, this guy's been here for eight years. I only been here for a year and a half. Maybe, right. maybe that was some of that. Um, I do think it's, it's typical of them. Like my, my old pal, Paul Perillo, just like, it always works out for the Patriots. Like the one coach they have that won't get vaccinated is the position where they have two coaches. Like, so you're not scrambling to, to move somebody. And I, I, I forget who brought it up too. They have Billy Yates who is added to the staff. Right. Although he's been working a lot on the defensive side of the ball, but yes, he's obviously an offensive lineman background. Mm-hmm. He started for the team, started in the league, uh, started for Cleveland, I think when he left here. So there's Patriots tie-ins and all that. Um, but I do think it's funny like or I don't know the the status of Rick Dennison in Minnesota. He's another one offensive line coach, higher level offensive line coach. I think he was even a coordinator maybe at one point in some place. He's been around a long time. Yeah. Um I think there's probably a little bit more of a scramble to fill the void in Minnesota. Um I'm also a little bit intrigued by this on a general level legal level when did they know this was less like all along like listen you can be here in the spring with a mask on but for camp you're done mm. and is it a res- is it like a uh, a respectful departure like is bill like i i understand could he be back if the world changes in a year and see don't know- I, I don't think that's the case i was thinking about this too with with dennison he's been around the league for a long
1: time probably has he's very well financially stable whereas popovich He's in his early thirties. He's barely coached in the league. He probably doesn't have as much financial flexibility. But doesn't this hurt his career. Like, shouldn't he just like, I, I don't know his reasons, obviously I don't want to get into it, but like, doesn't this have like some long-term effects on him more than like
0: Dennison? I would say in general, yes. But what if in a year things have changed and Bill says, yeah, you can come back. The league says you're allowed to be here or whatever. And you know, we don't have a have a certain percentage and it's not going to affect like I just wonder, I don't know if this was a amicable parting of the ways or, you know, cause it was even worded by Reese, like won't be with the team due to COVID-19 protocol. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it, I'm just sort of throwing it out there. I'm wondering if the bridge well, is that's not. certainly really possible though. The, the scenario you pointed to, I,
1: I never really thought of that. I don't know. I, I just can't see Bill
0: being like, oh, you can come back. Come on back. Right. I, maybe. And I don't think that would happen like mid year, but it wouldn't stun me if two years, they need an O-line coach and they're like, Cole Popovich has, you know, joined the Patriots again. I don't know. It's just interesting. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was like an fufu, FU, you dummy. You're not going to get vaccinated. You moron. Get the hell out of you. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I don't think it was that. My, my guess is that it was civil. So my next question in this area would be, because it's funny. Those two came out within hours, hours? of each other happen if Josh McDaniels said nope I'm not getting vaccinated is he out yeah so they wouldn't have an offensive coordinator what if Steve Belichick said I'm not getting vaccinated
1: I, yeah like I, the way that the rules are lined up I don't think you could have you could run a productive team with one of your coaches not being vaccinated they can't they can't take the team playing back from a, from a they couldn't travel to a game They can't meet in person with the team on the field or in the meeting rooms. So you're going to have your offensive meetings on zoom all year. And he's not going to be on the field during game day. Like it's just, you get to a point where it's saying this isn't how we conduct an NFL team.
0: Okay. I'm just asking. I didn't know if it was like one of those things where, you know, I brought up the example, Stephen A Smith says something dumb on ESPN twice in the same day. He issues a clarification. If you and I said the same thing, we'd be, lining up for unemployment later that day. So what are you, was, you
1: you're saying that if it was Josh
0: they would have found a way to make it work? I'm am wondering. I'm not saying, I'm wondering. Okay. All right. Or Steve or whatever. I'm just just a question. You don't have to jump down my throat. No, I just I thought you were maybe posing that as a thing, not just throwing out there as a question. I just know the way the world works is stars or money makers or elite people in any industry usually are given more benefit of the doubt, more, like, whatever. And then if you're not, you're easier to get rid of. You're not as valuable.
1: Okay, I'll say this. If it was Scar as the offensive line coach, they would have found a way to work around it. But, <laughs> but like, Steve Belichick and Joshua Daniels as coordinators of entire units, there's no way of working around that. Okay. That, that's my
0: take. Okay, I like it. Anyone um, else? on your list. Well, one more one more general thing on before we wrap this up because i'm starting to sweat um is what are your thoughts on the uh, players wearing bands that will allow us to uh, visually know if they were vaccinated or not i i would like as a media member i think we should know cuz like we're required
1: to be vaccinated so why shouldn't we know if the player we're talking to potentially is vaccinated
0: or not but then so what I'm is just thinking, it? what like, if you're vaccinated, don't you feel like you've kind of tried to take care of yourself? I know it's not 100%. It's only 90-whatever yeah. percent, but I don't I just don't care. And I, I'm fine with you. I really... Like, the, the wristbands, I don't care. And there's, like, as far as I know, have there been other walks of life? Like, if I get pulled over by a cop, is it possible I look at his wrist and say, oh, geez, this guy's not vaccinated? the yeah, same thing like at the hospital. Like doctors and nurses, do they have wristbands? No. Like Right. So, and I know some hospitals have i think mandated it for their people but like some haven't so you're right if i go in and the doctor walks in shouldn't i see a ban i mean i don't know i don't really like it i don't really i don't either because then like you can make the same thing
1: like just uh, i don't know at the grocery store like you can limit to every people now like walking down the aisle like and i don't see
0: the need for it i don't need get vaccinated right i i am allowing myself but is
1: this is this the nfl doing another step to kind of like push everybody, get all the players to get vaccinated. Like they're already making their non-vaccinated players' lives miserable with like not being able to take the same plane, not being able to eat in the cafeteria. Is this another step of like putting them out there by
0: saying they're not vaccinated. Like look at them. It's, it's bullying, peer pressure, whatever. Yes, I do. I think that's part of it. They're trying to, it's the negative side of what we talked about to start the concessions thing. Like, Maybe you only get a few people, but okay, that was good. You got a few more people in Massachusetts. This is more of a a, a negative tactic to do the same thing. We're going to ostracize you. You know, it's, everybody keeps comparing it. The scarlet letter, like you're walking around town with the scarlet letter on. Now, I think there's a chance that players screw with it. And I could easily see somebody taking somebody else's band and wearing it or giving somebody a band and like, and you're like, wait a minute. You were vaccinated yesterday, but you're not vaccinated today. Or like, or some guy is like, I want to wear like 10 bands. And he has like a thing of 10 up his sleeve. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, which 10 guys did you take those from? Or did you you get them? Right. I just, it's a weird era we were living in. And we talked about it off air coming in. It's weird for media. We're not sure exactly how things will play out in the coming days and weeks in terms of coverage of camp and interviews and then preseason games. But I'm going to start. Well, yeah, but all of that doesn't matter. We're back. Well, we're both I'm going sure. to be at training camp. We
1: both have the opportunity to be at training camp. You have some radio commitments, but you will be there for at least a couple of days this week. So we'll be able to have the back and forth on what we see where we weren't able
0: to have that last year. And fans will be there so they can have their own educated opinions. And we all know that fans, there's some you know blog sites where a lot of fans like to blog different things or put videos up of different things from practice. I just think there's going to be a more it's not back to normal, but it's training camp closer to like what you thought of it in the past and how you became informed about your team and your players and preseason. Oh, well, this guy was good in practice. Now we'll wait to see what he does in the preseason game. Mm -hmm. And, oh, he wasn't good in the preseason, whatever. And I just think we're close to back to normal of of football being back. All right. Uh, Probably not a podcast this week. Maybe we'll see how things.
1: Yeah, we could actually bang one out. Maybe yeah. we'll bang one out late Saturday or Sunday and kind of summarize the first few days of camp. I like that. I like that. Especially if Sunday's an off day, that'd be good. All right. So, yes, we'll have a, there'll be a podcast within the week. Don't know yeah. when, but there'll be another podcast within the week. And then these will be more regular as the season gets going and we actually have stuff to, to talk
0: about. 100%. We're back full time, full tilt.
1: Yes, no days off. <laughs> talk
0: to you later.